This is the Everyday Christian Podcast, coming to you from the Beacon Church of Christ in West Monroe, Louisiana. Here's your host, Chase Green. Hello and welcome to Season 1, Episode 8 of the Everyday Christian Podcast, where we seek to remind ourselves that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. Today we discuss the topic, Everyday Christians and Time Management. If you think about it, everything that we do in life is measured by something we call time. You have a doctor's appointment, well, that appointment will occur at a certain time. You go to work or school, you're expected to be there at a certain time. You planning on eating today? Well, generally we plan our meals at certain times, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You go to a movie, to a play, to a concert. If we go to those things, then guess what? There's a schedule. We have a time to go to those things. So we understand that time is pretty important then. Today I want us to talk about time, specifically from two angles. The presence of time, which is what we are all experiencing right now, if we're alive and well listening to this podcast. And also the absence of time, which is eternity. So those will be the two main points of discussion for the podcast today. And then next week, Lord willing, I want to discuss everyday Christians' everyday routine. Time. Time is something that we just all understand, right? The circumstances of life demand that by the age of five or six or so, the early grade school ages, we naturally have to gain an understanding of time because we are living in it, and our lives are dominated by time. We learn how to count. We learn how to read a clock, the days of the week, the months of the year, learn how to use a calendar, a timeline, and so on. But let me give you a more complicated definition of this concept called time that we seem to just naturally understand. Let me give you a more complicated definition. This is from Oxford Dictionary Online. The indefinite continued progress of existence and events in the past, present, and future regarded as a whole. Now what that means is that there is an indefinite quantity of something. We're unsure of how long it's going to last, and it's called time. And that indefinite quantity of time is characterized by progress of existence, events, That means that it had a beginning, if there's something called progress, and it's measured in terms of the past, present, and future. Looking at time as a whole, we understand that at some point in history, there was a starting point, and at some point, there's going to be an ending point as well. Thus, we're talking about the presence of time. I want to discuss the presence of time from three perspectives. First of all, we have the starting point. When was the starting point? Now, a lot has been discussed about the starting point of time. Of course, most people today sadly believe this idea of the Big Bang. And evolution, scientists, they have uh, proposed this as the beginning of time, but I would say you need to look at the evidence, and there's plenty of evidence that disproves that. But that's a subject for another time. Other people have believed in a multiplicity of little g gods, and you'll see that in ancient cultures mostly, little g gods that they say created the world. 
But what does the Bible say? Well, the Bible says that there's one God that created the world, and we understand Him in terms of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But He was there, and He created the world. And in Genesis 1, verse 1, we read this. In the beginning, the starting point, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, someone has said that in order to have material existence, you have to have five things. Time, force, and action, space, and matter. Well, Genesis 1 verse 1 gives us those five things. Time, in the beginning. Force, God, the eternal one who preceded time. Action, created, what God did at the beginning of time. Space, the heavens. And matter, the earth. In order to have time, you have to have a starting point. And Genesis 1 verse 1 explains that starting point. Well, that's the starting point, but what about the present? This is the time that is present right now as I am uttering these words. And just like that, those words that were just uttered are now in the past. That's how quickly time passes in the present. Have you ever heard this saying, no time like the present? Why is that? Well, number one, there's no time like the present because if we're being lazy and we've got things that we need to do, somebody may come along and say, hey, no time like the present. Go ahead and get it done. That's usually what we mean by that expression. But number two, because there's no other time that fades so quickly as the present. Now, one day we're going to enter into eternity, and past and future will fade at that point. They're not going to exist anymore. But right now, we can look back to a vast quantity of time called the past. We can see just how long this earth has been here, and it's a vast quantity of time. Right now, we can look forward to a vast quantity of time called the future. Uh, now, with this caveat assuming that there will be a vast quantity of time in the future. It may not be. The future could lead to eternity coming to existence in just a few short minutes. We, we never know when the Lord will return. But if we could operate on, on the assumption that, that the Lord's going to let this earth uh, linger for much, much more time, then we could look forward to a vast quantity of time called the future. But we can't do that with the present. The present is right here, and just like that, it's gone. And so we understand then that there's no time like the present. Now, when it comes to your spiritual life, your salvation, or lack thereof, you need to understand that absolutely there is no time like the present. If you are not right with God, then you need to fix this ASAP. Pronto, immediately. Incidentally, the word immediately is used in the Bible when people obeyed the gospel because they understood the urgency of it. They realized that their present was rapidly fading into past, and they didn't know how long their future was going to be. They didn't know how much time they had left. And so they understood it was urgent. They needed to obey the gospel immediately. If you have never obeyed the gospel, then please understand that Jesus one day will return in flaming fire 
taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 8. And so I would encourage you to contact me. You can message me. You can email me. And my email is in the show notes of this podcast. And we'll talk about these things because you want to make sure that you have obeyed the gospel. Again, Jesus will return in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll be glad to help you understand exactly what that means, obeying the gospel. So we've talked about the past, we've talked about the present, now let's talk about the future. The future is where we're headed. As I'm speaking this, five seconds from now, four seconds, three, two, one second from now is my future. But again, just like that, those five seconds have come and gone. It comes to a point of present, and then it comes to the past. You see how quickly time passes. Now, understand this. My future, as I'm recording this, will be my past by the time you're listening to this, at least a portion of my future. Ultimately, the future is all of the time that we have left in our lives until either we die or Jesus returns. Either way, at that point, when we die or when Jesus returns, when it comes to our lives, we are going to enter into a period called eternity. Eternity is the point in which we will no longer be able to determine our fate because it's already going to be set in stone at that point. Right now, if you are alive and well listening to this podcast, then eternity is yet future for you. But that's not going to be the case much longer. We are rapidly passing time. And so at some point in your future, you are going to enter into eternity. And so we better make sure that we're living right in God's sight while it is the present. Well, speaking of eternity, I want us to discuss our second point, and that is that eternity is the absence of time. Now, the best way that I can explain this is to think of a timeline. Think about a timeline as a straight line, and within that straight line, you might put dots or indentions or what have you, and those spaces represent dates in time. You might look at a timeline, for instance, of U.S. history, and on that timeline, you're going to see a lot of important dates. Dates like July 4th, 1776, the Declaration of Independence, You'll see December 7th, 1941, the attack on Pearl Harbor. September 11th, 2001, that terrible day of terrorism in our nation. You'll see these points in time. Well, we could also do a timeline of our lives, couldn't we? We would have a starting point, and that would be the day of our birth. And also, ultimately, we're going to have an ending point as well, and that would be the day of our death, or perhaps if, if we're still alive when Jesus returns, the day of his return. That would be our timeline. But there's something else that we need to consider. Even though we have these points in our timeline, after our death, according to what the Bible teaches, we're going to be judged, and then we are going to enter eternity. Thus, if I'm looking at my timeline, and if you're looking at your timeline, you have this straight line with a beginning point, and you have all these different points, important dates in the middle, and then you have this point called death. Well, at that point called death, 
I would add an arrow. And the reason for that is because we're headed towards something else called eternity. We will eternally exist in either heaven or hell. And so there's an arrow there on your timeline representing the fact that it doesn't end. Now let me ask you this. Should we put an arrow on the other end of our timeline? That is, should we put an arrow where our birth is, thus expressing eternity in that direction? Well, the answer to that is no. Why is that? Because we had a beginning. Now, what about God? You see, if we were to do a timeline of God, we would have this line with arrows on both ends. And that line would represent the fact that God has always existed. Yes, we are going to always exist in one direction, eternity, in heaven or hell, but we had a beginning point. God didn't have a beginning point. And so he has eternally existed in both directions. That's why in the Bible we have this phrase called the I am. And God is calling himself the I am, literally the eternally existent one. And we can't use that phrase for ourselves. We can't say, I am the I am. That's what God said, but we can't say that. God can say that because he has always existed. That's why, in fact, he could create the universe. And only God could create the universe because in order to have something, you have to have someone to create something. Now, we understand that in terms of a watch or a cell phone or a car or a house. In order to have those things, you, have to, you had to have someone who created those things. But sometimes scientists will refuse to admit the obvious truth that in order to have all this beautiful creation around us, we had to have someone create us. And that is the creator, God. In order to have this world that is bound by time, we had to have somebody else, God, who is not bound by time. So we have this idea of eternity. But finally, you need to understand that eternity is going to be spent somewhere. And really, spent is not the best way to describe that because spent implies that it's going to be used up. And we know that eternity is not going to be used up. Eternity is going to be forever, everlasting. Hebrews 9 verse 27 says, It is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Thus, the way that we are living our lives right now in the present is going to determine where we will spend eternity. Jesus died for us so that we can have the opportunity to receive the good judgment, receive salvation, receive heaven and inheritance there for us so that we can avoid the bad kind, the damnation, the eternity in the, the horrors and fires of hell. Jesus died so that we can escape those things and so that we can receive the wonderful things in heaven. Well, as we begin to wrap this up, I want you to look at Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46. Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46, and I'll just read this. 
It says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was in hunger, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, or, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, eternity in the punishment of hell. These shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Eternity with spiritual life in heaven. Those are the two options. It is our duty to God, and it's really our duty to ourselves as well, to save ourselves from this untoward generation. Acts 2 verse 40. This crooked, this perverse, evil generation, we've got to save ourselves from it. Not in the sense that we can earn it, not in the sense that we could do what Jesus did for us, but in the sense that we can respond to what Jesus did for us by obeying his gospel. Now I say all of that to say this, time is the most precious resource on this planet. Forget water for a moment, forget food for a moment, but think about time. Because when your time runs out, then you will enter into eternity and you will not have any more time to make the changes necessary to ensure the safety of your soul. Ephesians 5 verse 16 talks about redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming is the idea of buying something back. And redeeming the time is this idea of buying back the precious resource of time. Now we know that we can't go back in time. So why is the Bible using this expression redeeming? It's using this expression to help us understand the brevity of life, how precious life truly is, and the need to take full advantage of our time. Listen to James 4, verse 14. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little 
time and then vanisheth away. Hebrews 3 verse 13 says, But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. In other words, we have to encourage one another daily. Notice the element of time. While it is called today, because in the passage of time, if we aren't careful, we can harden our hearts to sin. And ultimately, when time runs out, we're going to pay the price for that. Spiritual death, Romans 6, verse 23. We have to pay attention to our time. We have to take advantage of our time. We have to manage our time, not squander our time. And so we need to focus on doing the Lord's work, making our lives right by obeying the gospel and continuing faithfully to it. When sin does creep back in, then we need to take the time to root it back out. Because if we don't, then our souls are going to be in jeopardy again. Let's make the most of our time as everyday Christians. Well, the next episode of this podcast, as I said earlier, we're going to discuss everyday Christians' everyday routine as we discuss further how we can best use our time. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and I hope that you found it worth your time. You've been listening to the Everyday Christian Podcast with Chase Green. As always, remember, God deserves every praise from every creature every day. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Stand firm in your resolve to be an everyday Christian.